Well, today is a bonus episode in the wake of Sanctuary's recent 120th service, which I'll be sure to link in the show notes. But in that spirit, you're about to hear a talk by Eric in which we look around at what's available to realize about where we are and grow from where we've been. You know, when I first experienced five dried grams in silent darkness, I found myself to be alone in a new way. Not in a negative light, but I had just had an experience which I counted as one of the most valuable I could ever have, one which would divide my life into before and after, and not only was it unique to me, but I couldn't talk to anyone about it. I would daydream about what it might be like to find myself in a community of people who had been tossed around in the sea of mystery and resolved to live their life accordingly. What traits might define a community of people who lived in the presence of the mushroom? Perhaps peace? A taste for what's real? Curiosity and unconditional omnidirectional love? A recognition of the oneness of physical and spiritual well-being? Maybe a sort of lighthearted humility that comes from getting one's pants scared off a few times? And perhaps most terrifying of all, fearlessness. Well, sanctuary really is that. And like mushrooms, dependably exceeds my expectation. And also like mushrooms, doesn't pixelate easily into words. So I'll express my gratitude instead. I am so grateful to find myself in a context which invites my utter realness and all my weirdness, excitedly watching me discover my way of love within a context of fearless love. This doesn't come from the mushroom. It comes from people who have allowed the mushroom to unobstruct it from within themselves, and I am one of them. I could go on for hours about what makes Sanctuary unique, interesting, and remarkable, but really I would only be telling you about humans and how remarkable they are. More and more of them find Sanctuary every week. I feel so fortunate to get to watch Sanctuary unfold anew with every new addition. Strength and peace to us all. And thanks again, Eric, for inviting me to freestyle a little bit here. Getting to contribute on this podcast is truly life-giving. But here he is, the human himself, Eric Osborne. Greetings, Sanctuarians and all listeners to this podcast. Thank you, as always, for your support and engagement with the show and our community. Without you, well, we wouldn't be here. Your feedback on the YouTube videos, podcast ratings, messages on social media, and when we have the opportunity to meet in person is so deeply valued. They help to guide the direction of this show and help Courtney and I know that our continued efforts are valued. And isn't that what we're all really looking forward to feel valued? Now, I know that this ultimately comes from within, this sense of value and purpose, but the inspirations that we each bring forth to collectively improve the human condition to be of service to our fellow humans is where we all ultimately derive that internal value from. Don't believe me? Go ahead, take a survey of the happiest humans you know. I'll bet the bank that those folks who are truly happy that radiate a real joy are those who are being of altruistic service to humankind. Truly, the most selfish act is to be truly selfless. Now, it's seldom discussed in the mental health or even spiritual health communities, but it is a painful reality that much of our depression and anxiety stems from a self-confirming cycle of apathy, which ultimately 
leads us to give up our efforts, disappoint ourselves, and prove to us that we are failures, that we are unworthy, and all of those other falsehoods that our little self tells us. Falsehoods that drown out the voice of our higher self, the source of those moments of inspiration that knows we are worthy, competent, and capable of achieving our goals. Human beings, in fact, life itself is goal-driven, consciously or unconsciously driving towards an evolution of self. The goal of most life forms is to simply survive and reproduce. That is one of the chief differences between humans and these other life forms. We are inspired beyond our biological needs of food and reproduction. We are creators, and I mean all of us. And, as creators, we want to know that our creation is valued. First of all, we have to value them ourselves by having the discipline and determination to see them born, nurture them, and mature them. Now, as you can probably already tell, this episode is going to be something a bit different. Today, this is equal parts an expression of appreciation for what we are building and who we are building it with, and a continued appreciation for those who allow Courtney and I to be of service to you. Regular listeners, you will know that this is not a sanctuary podcast, but like I said, this one's a little bit different. If you're not into life-changing perspectives and deep reflections from legendary teachers, well, this episode might not be the one for you. I do, however, encourage you to push your limits. I'll be sharing with you some of the powerful teachings that are worthy of ongoing reflection as I reflect on the impact of sanctuary now and into the future. Also, hopefully you know that sanctuary does not belong to Courtney and I. It is very much a product of our love for self, each other, and community. But there is an ever-growing list of incredible humans who are helping to build this sacred mushroom community. Amy, Athena, Connor, Kristen, Christine, Julie, Kevin, Jason, Debbie, Jeff, Stephen, Nancy. Seriously, the list just goes on and on. And please know names that I did not mention. You are definitely in our hearts, and our hearts are full of gratitude for you. Recently, we presented to our community a summary of our year's past successes, challenges, and community impact in the hopes of helping the wider psychedelic community understand what we're doing and what we desire to do at Sanctuary. I decided to put this information in an audio form with a bit more narrative to help illustrate the impact that Sanctuary has had and hopes to continue having. It is also a celebration of our courage to follow our inspiration, our continued follow-through, ongoing commitment to this work, and the service it provides to our human family. To do this, I would like to use two texts as guides through this episode, texts that have been incredibly valuable in helping me personally stay the course in my own personal growth and the growth of our inspired work. I am personally indebted to so many incredible teachers, some of which I have known personally, many more whom I have only known through their inspired words that they have left behind. One of the most impactful messengers that I have ever come across is a man who, in his joyfulness, humor, and insight, inspires me endlessly. I'm speaking of the Honorable, the Incredible, Sir David R. Hawkins. If you've never heard of him, well, I'm not too surprised. I would be incredibly surprised if you not, did not find his works profound and life-changing. A very, very brief biography 
from the Veritas Publishing Company website states that Sir David Hawkins, MD, PhD, was a nationally renowned psychiatrist, physician, researcher, spiritual teacher, and lecturer. The uniqueness of his contribution to humanity comes from the advanced state of spiritual awareness known as enlightenment, self-realization, and unio mystica. Rarely, if ever, has this spiritual state occurred in the life of an accomplished scientist and physician. Therefore, Dr. Hawkins was uniquely qualified to present a spiritual path that is scientifically compelling to modern society. The writings from his books, Power Versus Force, The Hidden Determinants of Human Nature, and Letting Go, The Pathway to Surrender, guide this reflection alongside the principles of success coined by Earl Nightingale. Earl became homeless with his divorced mother at the age of eight. After his brief military career, he went on to become one of the most iconic voices in American radio and one of the most influential teachers on the idea of human character development, motivation, and meaningful existence. Ah, oh, a meaningful existence. Oh, if I had a dollar for every time someone came to me over the years seeking to find their meaning and purpose from an encounter with the mushroom, well... Sanctuary wouldn't need outside funding, that's for sure. Those of you who have been listening to this podcast from the early days know that in 2020, inspired by circumstances that I'm not quite yet at liberty to share, Courtney and I set out on a journey of personal growth inspired and fueled in many ways through the teachings of Nightingale. This journey inspired the formation of Sanctuary. In the hopes of applying the lessons learned from our experiences in Jamaica we formed a spiritually-based community in the hopes of fostering true and lasting change in those who choose to work with psilocybin as a tool for personal and spiritual growth. In our work overseas, we watched so many folks go from hopeless to inspired only to fall back to the depths of despair after a time. What was the cause of this repeating cycle of self-defeat? The lack of supportive community and spiritual foundation. I know there are many out there who believe neither is necessary for lasting positive change. And again, I challenge you to find a truly happy person who does not in some way engage in these two aspects of humanity. We are communal and we are spiritual. You can supplant the words with more comfortable synonyms, tribal, familial, energy, vibes, intuition, however you couch it. Research shows pretty clearly that happiness is a key factor in human longevity, and community and a connection with the ineffable are instrumental in finding that fulfillment. In his legendary writings, Hawkins illustrates clearly that we cannot force change. We must stand in our power to effect true and lasting change, and that this source of power is our divine nature, which can be challenging to remain aware of, that is why a supportive community is so powerful. It is in the reflections of ourselves in others where we find our power. This is why being of service is so valuable. No matter how self-depreciating we may be, no matter how apathetic we are, if we will but have the courage to be of service to others, we will find the foundation of a meaningful existence. This is the essence of all great spiritual and social teachings. Earl credited all of his success to one simple phrase, which, as you might imagine, is one of his principles of success. That phrase is, we become what we think about. 
It was this statement that caught my attention as well in 2020. Reflecting on the hundreds and hundreds of people that I had spent years supporting through their work with the mushroom, this appeared to me to be an absolute truth. And I could see that I didn't like a lot of what I was seeing in myself. Perhaps one of the most powerful things about Sanctuary is that it is made up of the stories that all of our members tell themselves about themselves. Sanctuary is my personal growth adventure, but it's also that of many of our members, perhaps all of our members. The impact of that reality on the individual and the community as a whole is at the core of what I would like to share with you today. This is the power of our community and is exactly why we will never have to use force to defend or prove ourselves to anyone. Each of us as individuals and in fact as a community do indeed become what we think about. As many of us experience and as Hawkins commiserates, it is initially very challenging to understand that attitudes can alter the world one experiences and that there are numerous valid ways of experiencing it. As in viewing a hologram, what you see depends completely on the position from which you view it. How we react depends upon the world we seem to be reacting to. Who we become, as well as what we see, are both determined by perception, which can be said simply to create the perceptual experiential world. Additionally, Hawkins reveals to us that, for instance, what one holds in one's mind tends to manifest. What this means is that any thought which we consistently hold in mind and consistently give energy to will tend to come into our life according to the form in which our mind has held it. Thus, fear engenders fearful thoughts. Therefore, the more likely the feared event will happen in our life, which again reinforces our fear. Of course, our thinking and therefore our perception of sanctuary has changed over the past year, as it should. But not out of fear, out of a deep desire to provide our community with what they want and need. Like the individuals who make up Sanctuary, the organization itself is vibrant and evolving. Originally, we thought of it as just a place where like-minded people could come together and find strength in our numbers, where we could also have safe, legal access to our sacrament. Our willingness to listen to our community and respond to their needs, to commune with this sacrament and to take direction from it, to show up day after day and do what needs to be done in the spirit of love is where sanctuary derives its almost limitless power from. Very early, we began to see that sanctuary was falling into the old routine of being a typical service provider, almost identical to what we did in Jamaica, rather than being a community of service. Coming to terms with this uncomfortable reality caused us to change our thinking. Admittedly, it is difficult to break out of old paradigms, and we found ourselves trapped in a certain kind of psychedelic paradigm. Courtney and I knew all too well that the destination retreat model was limited in its ability to create lasting change. This is in large part due to the prohibitive cost in attending such a retreat, but also because it sets up the subconscious thinking that there is something or someone out there in some exotic, beautiful location, and through the use of this magical mushroom, we will be saved. My friends, we can only save ourselves. You can only save yourself. The mushroom can help. The community can help. 
but only in so much as we are willing to continue showing up through the discomfort and the challenges that arise. Which is another one of Earl's principles of success. We must be willing to pay the price. What is the price for healing? What about for success? As Hawkins tells us, the price we pay is ultimately surrendering our limiting beliefs and the secret satisfaction that we get out of self-pity, resentment, anger, and excuses. This is the process by which we move up from being a victim of our own feelings and choosing them instead. This typically requires sitting through and accepting discomfort as the fertile ground for our personal and spiritual growth. As I recently heard an ayahuascaro say, we must do more than do what we love. We must also love that which we must do. Each of us will pay, face hurdles that attempt to thwart us from becoming the best versions of ourselves. Each one of us has an ambition, no matter how deeply it may be buried, to share our unique light with this world. We often hear the phrase, follow your bliss. And this is actually the primary message of my work over the years. However, to believe that following our bliss won't invite difficulty and discomfort is nothing short of spiritual bypassing. If we abort mission every time we find ourselves having to do something we don't like, then we will never find our bliss at all. It is in overcoming these challenges that we defeat the negative state of apathy and prove to ourselves our own worthiness. Following our bliss is an indication of expanding consciousness. This expansion of consciousness is exactly what leads us to a life of service, which is ultimately what our true bliss is inspiring us towards. Hawkins teaches that the most important element in facilitating upward movement in consciousness is an attitude of willingness, which opens the mind through new means of appraisal to the possible validity of a new hypothesis. Motives for change are most often arise when the mind is challenged in the face of a puzzle or a paradox. Deliberately creating such an impasse is a customary device in certain disciplines such as Zen and often through the subconscious. To quote another great leader, Haile Selassie, we must take on more than we can possibly accomplish to know what we are actually capable of. And many of our members came to Sanctuary believing that they had insurmountable mountains of trauma, clinical diagnoses, crippling depression, isolation, and much more, only to find that as they continue to show up for themselves, particularly within the context of community, that they are not alone and that there is hope for them. Our Sunday services grow every week and continue to inspire not because of some great wisdom shared by a guru or one of our rotating texts, but through the struggles and successes shared by other members every week. We are each other. Seeing our own struggles and our own potential in another is one of the most inspirational and healing experiences that we can have. And we have had this for 130 weeks without interruption. That was our original goal, to simply show up consecutively every Sunday and see what happened. Goal setting is another principle of success according to Nightingale because, as he says, people who set goals have an idea of where they're going. 
Now, did we know that Sanctuary would, in its second year, be offering multiple training programs that, unlike any other, provide access to sacred mushrooms for practical experience? Absolutely not. In fact, we originally believed that we would never do any such thing. But our goal was to show up every single Sunday and see what happened. We knew where we were going, and achieving this small goal inspired even greater ideas, which continued to bear fruit and multiply. This leads to the next principle in success and one of my favorites. Ideas are worthless unless we act on them. Listening to the wants and needs of our community, communing with our sacrament, brainstorming as a board led to many great ideas, some of which I've already mentioned, but these ideas would be nothing without action. This podcast would be nothing if Courtney, Connor, and myself did not show up over and over again and act on this idea. The idea that every person deserves equal access to sacred mushrooms would be nothing if we did not act on it and create these programs that become more and more accessible as our membership grows. Sanctuary member John Clark, a.k.a. Posture Monster John, and his treatment of chronic pain through the use of psilocybin and posture strengthening, Susan's Sanctuary Book Club, Honoring Christine's Psilocybin and Sobriety Group, Brian's LGBTQ Circles, Sean Duvall's Fitness Coaching, and Amy Samuelson's Subtle Sacrament Coaching would all have been aborted ideas had they not taken action on them. Each of those individuals, incidentally, have been guests on this podcast, and I would strongly encourage you to listen to those episodes if you haven't already. Apathy, one of the lowest emotions on the scale of consciousness, is what prevents us from taking action. We say we want change. We say we want success. We say that we want to birth a new idea into the world. But it is apathy that aborts these creations before they see the light of day. Hawkins tells us that the emotion of apathy is associated with the belief, I can't. The mind doesn't like to hear it, but in reality, most I can'ts are I won'ts. I can't as a cover-up cover for other feelings. As we replace I can't with I won't, we can uncover these feelings, which can then be surrendered. As these feelings are surrendered, it becomes clear that the real reason is unwillingness, not incapacity. In this awareness, we are free to acknowledge and surrender our feelings, and we are free not to. Realizing that we don't want the things we say we do is much more empowering than convincing ourselves that we are inept. I suspect, like myself, all of the sanctuary creators above have had to overcome a fair amount of apathy to bring their gifts to the world. And for that, I commend each of you. Earl also said that achieving success also meant realizing that we live in a golden age of opportunity. And I would suggest that those individuals mentioned above and many others within our community have at minimum subconsciously recognized this truth. Any of us can make any excuses we want as to why we aren't where we would like to be. Yet we know through the expanded understanding of science that any and all possibilities are before us at all times. We must sink our teeth into the positive possibilities that we seek to manifest in our lives and not let go. There's undoubtedly privilege that has been unfairly associated with ethnicity, but we have also seen millions upon millions of people waste that privilege. And we have also seen millions rise above the adverse situations they were brought up in due to unfair 
privilege. Several of our minority members frequently point out that they too could have allowed themselves to fall victim to circumstance, but through an awareness brought on by psilocybin and reflections of their own community within and without sanctuary, they were able to see slivers of opportunity that if taken action upon eventually opened up vistas of success, allowing them to share their new awareness with their fellow minority members. Again, I would like to cite Brian Buford, who is not only spearheading the LGBTQ community within Sanctuary, but who was the first openly gay employee at the University of Louisville. For what it's worth, Sanctuary is still very much hoping to witness an increased presence of black, brown, beige, mohave, and every other shade of human. We are admittedly, at this time, overly white, but this, too, we shall overcome. I am, however, happy to say that the Minister of Training is the first opportunity that I have to formally re-educate as many as I can to the fact that there is only one race of human beings. And as long as we continue to see and speak of ourselves as separate races, we will continue to experience divide. Lastly, in terms of diversity, it is worth noting that since the inception of Sanctuary's foundation, the Board of Directors has been at minimum 66% female. While I may have the mic more often than these women, it's usually because they're the ones pushing me to the front. I've perhaps developed enough scar tissue from the arrows thrown in my back that it makes sense for now. To all those who are seizing on the opportunities afforded by Sanctuary's platform to bring more healing and greater diversity of voices into the psychedelic space, thank you so very much. There is so much more work to be done. And... In the spirit of diversity, I'll share the next principle of success according to Nightingale. 95% of people forfeit success for conformity. And while I may be as white as a saltine, I can say that I have not conformed to traditional white male roles and behaviors. Now, I know this progress report is not about me. It's about sanctuary. But like all the folks who I've mentioned above, My personal success is part and parcel of sanctuaries. As I have followed my bliss of mushroom madness and all the manifestations that it has come under, I have been given the opportunity to conform or follow my inspiration. Had I conformed early on, I probably would have become a Catholic priest or a carpenter. I would be living in a lackluster marriage. Well, not if I had conformed to my mother's (laughs) desire for me to be a priest, God only knows how that would have worked out. Going without the goddess is not on my list of lifestyle choices. Had I conformed to the psychedelic community, I'd be working in some clinical capacity or running high-dollar retreats rather than co-creating a vibrant spiritual community and empowering individuals to become their own shamans and healers. There's a lot of ways in which I've not conformed, thank goodness, and there are many members in our communities who lead by the same example. Jason, a quadriplegic in the sanctuary community and one of the organizers of our sacred passage sacrament service for the terminally ill comes to mind. When he came to Louisville to meet fellow sanctuarians earlier this year, I witnessed this man take his electric wheelchair up and down rocky terrain that many able-bodied people would not traverse on foot. Just to join us at the creek and share in that experience. Jason, you are an inspiration of nonconformity. Our self-proclaimed queer Billy friend T. Crow over in Arkansas is likewise a shining example of nonconformity. It takes about three minutes of knowing him to see that he doesn't conform to the expectations of queer or straight folk, 
and for that, he is a massive inspiration. Honestly, I could go on and on about the nonconformists in our community. My rock star of a wife, not the least, who is currently working uh, on the PowerPoint for this presentation, which you can find on the Sanctuary YouTube channel, which includes member stats, infographics, and financial reports. Uh, we really are um, seeking and, and striving towards absolute, complete transparency. Another nonconforming aspect of Sanctuary. To some extent, I suppose nonconformity is to be expected in a psychedelic organization like ours, but if you're paying attention, as I alluded to earlier, there is still a lot of falling in line among psychedelic professionals. Understandably, many still fear the stigma from association with drugs or still dwell in the current Western medical paradigm, and to be quite honest, there's a lot of inexperienced folks out there touting themselves as psychedelic experts. You will often find that the least experienced are also <laughs> the most rigid uh, the most conforming. <laughs> Speaking of leadership in the psychedelic community, the next principle of success, according to Earl Nightingale, is to create, not compete. This is the embodiment of power over force. Having come from the competitive psychedelic world, where there is a constant drive to be the best organization, you can very quickly become limited by this need to stay on top. There's a constant looking over the shoulder in most profit-driven, force-focused, competitive organizations. According to Hawkins, power arises from meaning, and it has to do with motive and principle. And force has to do with defense and a constant proving of self. Force must always succumb to power, because force always creates counterforce. Therefore, its effect is limited by definition. Force always moves against something whereas power doesn't move against anything. Force has an insatiable appetite and constantly consumes. Power energizes, supplies, and supports. Sanctuary is truly in a league of its own currently in this regard. There will be others that are inspired to follow suit, and that is wonderful. When I think about this capitalistic tendency to compete, a metaphor from Gary V, <laughs> the uh, modern-day Earl Nightingale, comes to mind. Uh, <laughs> strongly suggest you check out Gary V if you haven't already. Uh, Gary says, in reference to building a company or a community, I wish I could do a impersonation of his voice, there are two ways to build the biggest fucking building in town. One is you build a pretty big building pretty quickly, and then you spend the rest of your time tearing down all the other buildings around you. This is the way of force. The other way is you build the tallest fucking building in town. End of story. <laughs> this is power. <laughs> yes, Gary Vee, you create, you iterate, you model nature, our creator, and build success on top of success. Relating this to Courtney, recently I said, baby, we aren't just building the tallest fucking building. We're building a city itself. And I really believe that. And when I look around at the gifts and talents that our members are bringing to bear within our community and offering to the public at large, particularly through Sanctuary's More Than Integration Coaching that expands integration far beyond the typical bounds of recalling trips and thinking about how this applies to life, this program, along with our member-led workshops, allows for folks to engage in holistic practices such as learning how to use music as an integration 
tool in Bill Protzman's Meet Your Power Music Workshop, or in Debbie's Internal Family Systems Workshop, or Laura's Acrylic Pour Art Integration, or one of the authentic relating integration circles offered by Courtney. In fact, we're so busy creating that we could honestly care less about what others are doing in the psychedelic space. I mean, don't get me wrong, we encourage and support them in the ways that we can, but we have no desire to compete when we are constantly giving life to new creations within our own rapidly growing ecosystem. Finally, Earl Nightingale says that the greatest measure of success is in the definition of success. Now, Earl didn't define success financially. He didn't define it in numbers of clients or the size of an organization. He defined it as the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. And by that measure, Sanctuary and our members are incredibly successful. Now, as stated earlier, these ideals should not remain static. We have already become so much more than we imagined. And we maintain a vision of the future that further embodies our worthy ideals. Ideals of non-dematic spiritual seeking, ideals of equal access to sacred mushrooms, ideals of a non-judgmental community founded in the hopes of helping each other through helping ourselves. What this may look like as the future unfolds, well, we have some ideas and what we collectively think about our community will come into being. So let me encourage all of us, sanctuary members and non-members alike, Americans or other citizens of this big blue space rock to continually think lofty thoughts of yourself and of your fellow human beings. Stand in your power and give no energy to force. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain or the false bill of goods that he's trying to sell us all. We are not separate. We are not at war or at odds with each other. We are not in danger of anything other than our own negative thinking our own doubt and skepticism. There is a power at play that is far greater than any weapons of war or threats of imprisonment. Your wonderful, magical imagination and the ability to act on your inspiration is how we all bring heaven's beauty here to earth. Don't conform. Don't compete. Do create. Do think big. Do be diligent and do take your time. You have an eternity to accomplish your goals. 